Hello, this is Nathan Mortensen, and this is the returning episode of Called Bank after our long hiatus. We took a break after coronavirus hit and just our lives kind of, well, crap hit the fan. I feel like that's just the way for a lot of people. So now that the NBA is coming back in a couple of weeks and things are normalizing a bit more for us, we wanted to get back on and start. This first episode is kind of going to be a bit more scatterbrained as we just kind of jump around the past couple months, but we're hoping the main focus of this this, um, episode today is going to be the schedule that the NBA released yesterday. Yeah, this this episode was kind of fun to prepare for uh, because normally for our episodes, I'd go through, at least watch the highlights, if not like large portions of the games over the week. And I'd dig through the statistics to see like what was actually happening, what the numbers told us versus what my, like the eye test. But this one, I didn't know how to prepare for it. So I just kind of looked over the schedule and realized like only playoff teams are going to be here. So everyone's schedule is really difficult. So. I'm really hoping for some good basketball when it comes back. So my first question is, what do you think about there being only um, nine teams from the Eastern Conference um, to an extent almost guaranteeing that every team there gets a chance? Because, I mean, that's how it's set up in the first place, but chances are we'll have an eight versus nine seed play-in versus there being 13 seeds, 13 teams coming from the Western Conference. I like I think the NBA what they were doing with there was they really didn't want this playoff to have an a, like the champion to have an asterisk by the names like eh, they weren't really a champion because it wasn't the normal format. So I personally think the NBA should kind of get rid of the conferences and just top 16 teams go. But since we have the conference they didn't want to change it up just for this. So I'm I don't love it but I understand why they did it. So it's what we have to work with. Yeah, I thought, I just thought with coronavirus, there would be some interesting things that could be experimented with. Like I thought it would be really interesting to experiment with just one through 16 teams, just one play 16, two plays 15, especially with kind of the upset levels that can happen in the NBA. And that was overall just kind of disappointing to me, just like, how the major league, how major league baseball went from having the chance to do like a realistic um short season something that they might actually move to in the future to only having a 60 game season now so i think it's kind of interesting that a lot of it almost feels like a lot of like politics have went into leading to decisions that just seem more questionable than other ones in in my opinion but i'm definitely super excited to see the 8 and 9 seed play in and how that's going to work out, especially with just the battle of teams in the West Conference, in the Western Conference. The fact that we have um, pretty much, looking at ESPN here, the Los Angeles Lakers through the Houston Rockets, so that's the top six teams in the West, are all locked in. They're all guaranteed. Um, the Mavericks probably just have to win one or two games, and then they're guaranteed. But then having Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix all having a chance is just going to be really entertaining basketball, I think. And honestly, I think that's going to be more enjoyable to watch than the 
fighting for the seedings in the top half of the conference. And you know how they have the uh, potential play-in game, which is probably going to happen for the eight seed? Where it's like, the, if there's a team within four games of the eight seed at the end, you might have a play-in game like they do in the NCAA bracket to see who gets the eight seed. Yeah. I'm I'm really hoping we get a Grizzlies-Pelicans matchup there. And then it shows who the rookie of the year actually is. I mean, I think that'll be exciting. The only other, I mean, Sacramento, San Antonio, they're both like very capable of making things interesting. I think Phoenix just kind of got like a token invite. I mean, it'll be interested to see what they can do, but I don't know if I'd really want to go if I was a Suns player being six games back. We're pretty much you have to go undefeated to have any hope. And obviously, from a competitive standpoint, you want that chance. So, I mean, if they were to turn it around and somehow get to the nine to the ninth spot, that would be just a super great two week stretch for them. But I do agree with you that Memphis Nola is what seems to be most exciting to me. And then having Portland in the mix is definitely going to be interesting to see what Damian Willard can pull off and if he can come and just light it up. And, But I mean, I do think we're going to see a lot of ugly basketball to start out. I don't think it's going to be the prettiest thing we've seen in the NBA. I wonder if the teams with like veteran players will have an advantage just because those players have been being paid more for longer so they have a higher chance of like having a court in their house. Well, if you look at the younger players, like the like teams like the Mavs who have Luca and teams like the Jazz with Mitchell as like their star players, they probably don't didn't have access to a gym for a lot of this. So I wonder if it's like the Lakers who have Anthony Davis and LeBron James will have a advantage just because they've had more opportunities to stay in shape throughout this. I so I totally I feel like the court is almost more of a stay keep the basketball skill set alive. Um I since I've heard that argument, but I've also heard the argument of man, like they're old and their bodies aren't nearly as spry as the younger players and that the younger players are from an athletic standpoint just going to be able to rebound a lot better and come in and play at a at a higher level. So that's that's definitely a point to be made. The biggest point that I feel like I've heard, though, is certain players who have always struggled to have energy through the playoffs getting this hiatus. Um, James Harden being the biggest one. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That they've had this rest, this respite, and now they're just in the final stretch. So are they going to be able to come out and destroy? Since I was looking at some predictions that put them coming to the fourth seed which isn't insane since they're tied for the fifth seed right now. Um, and I don't think the Jazz have the Jazz. I don't believe the Jazz have the Rockets tiebreaker. And I don't think the Jazz might be able to get the OKC tiebreaker. But I mean, my question right now, though, is does do matchups even matter? Like matchups matter, but not nearly as much as you would think. Like what's the difference between the four and the five seed? And, and I can't think of any. 
I, I, well, if the standings say how they are with the Jazz playing the Thunder, that might be the most favorable, realistic matchup for the Jazz right now. Totally. I think, I think the last thing we want to see is the Jazz playing the Rockets. Yes, that is 100%. That's the last thing we want. But I mean, at the very minimum, there's not going to be home court advantage for either team. And the Jazz have definitely been a team that have had that have had a strong home court advantage. So is that going to be negated by the other team not having home court advantage, or are we going to see how important playing in Utah really is? I don't know. These are a lot of question marks that we're never really going to know until the season starts up again. Like is. Because I feel like the first thing to go when you don't play basketball for a while is your shot. So are teams that are centered around like post, like the 76ers, are they going to do better because shooting won't be as good for a while? Yeah, that that's definitely an interesting thought. And when I had been talking about injuries, I didn't even thought about the 76ers, like giving Joel Embiid this much resting time. So, I mean, he's been able to rest. Like, they're going to get to... Are they... They're locked in the playoffs. I mean, so even with bad seeding, I mean, even if they don't come up, like, if Joel Embiid's able to go into the playoffs, like, full force, just healthy as can be, that's going to be so different than last season where he went in after, you know, just getting banged up all regular season. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Like, I feel like there's there's two hundred and one things that we could think about that may cause a different advantage to one team rather than the other because of the break. But I don't know. It's like we can make like we can make guesses, but there's no way of really knowing. Especially since we don't really know what the players have been doing. Like, how active have has each team been? Yeah, and I have to imagine like. Like some teams are like are a little bit more motivated, so they were probably working harder throughout the break, and others were just like, like I was talking about the older players having the opportunity to have a court, but older players also have families, so they may have been a little bit more concerned about the health of their family, while younger players have more have the tendency of just like ah, it's fine, like I'm young, I'm healthy, like nothing's gonna happen to me, like that classic like twenty one year old attitude. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So here's my question. What do you think is the X factor for the Jazz? What do you think needs to happen for the Jazz to go all the way and win the finals? Who needs to show up? Uh, The first thing that I would be concerned about, and I don't think this is as big of an issue as they've been reporting, is the, but the whole chemistry thing. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I think it just might they might be a little rusty, but so that that's one thing that might be a problem. But I don't anticipate that being a problem. Uh, my main X factor would be Joe Ingles, though, because he's going to have to come in, and uh, we don't have Bogdanovich anymore, so Joe Ingles will probably have to fill that role and play that same style. And he's shown that he's a streaky shooter. Sometimes he's shooting 45% from three. Sometimes he's shooting 25% from three. So yeah. he needs to step up and show up. I think that Joe's definitely needs to step in and be, and be what he was before. 
Bojan and um, Conley came to the came to the Jazz, and even then he was still streaky at times. I think that Conley is going to be the real X factor here because now he doesn't have to share the ball with Bojan, which I don't know if that was an issue, but Conley's going to come in. He's going to be able to lead. If he can get some chemistry with Gobert on the inside, and if Conley finds his shot and he's able to go and off and, you know, should be shooting 35%, um, 40% from three, then really with his lack of production this season, that would fill in for Bojan not being there. Let's see. I'm going to, I wonder what his career percentage from three. His career from three is 37. Wait, what? He's shooting 37.6% from three this season. I didn't know that. I feel like he... he. Well, I guess like he came in and it was only like the first like couple weeks that he was awful. And then he was mediocre. Then he got hurt. And then he came back and he was pretty good for a while. So... Yeah. Maybe it might just be lack of data that we have that that percentage is that high, but... So I, I really think if we get Memphis Mike, like if like how he played when he was, you know, um, with the Grizzlies, I think the, I think the Jazz have a really good shot of making it to the Western Conference Finals. But he's really the person that I'm going to be watching um, to see what happens and where how that will set the Jazz up for success during this season. Or the the follow the next eight games in playoffs. Totally. Um, well, the the schedule has been released. You want to go? It's only eight games, so do you want to go through game by game and just yeah say to, like what what you would expect the outcome to be out of that game? I mean, the Jazz by far don't have the hardest schedule, but it's still it's still scary since. There's not a single team that they're going to be playing that I just feel like I can write write them off as a win. So the Jazz, I think, are going to be the opening game, which is fitting because, you know, they were the last one. All, well, almost. But So they're starting off against NOLA. Um, and I think the Jazz are going to come in and win that game. But it's definitely going to be hard fought since New Orleans is really fighting for that. Um, ninth seed or eighth seed to be able to get the playing game, and then and every every time the Jazz play New Orleans, it's always a good game. Yeah, There's, it's been tight games every time. So, uh, assuming both teams come in shape, ready to play, that one's going to be a tight one. But I would give the edge to the Jazz. I agree with you there. And I mean, the last two games ended in a lot of controversy, where Gobert fouled. It w- Dang it, who's their big man? Um, Gobert fouled their big man on a get what would have been a game-winning layup that was a no-call. And then the next game, I think, was Gobert got fouled and made one of two free throws to go to overtime. But then the Nola still pulled it out and won that one. So that's just going to be a super exciting game to watch. I think it's going to be a great opener and hopefully... It's some good basketball and not just a bunch of rusty players on the court. But then it's followed up by Oklahoma City. 
I mean, who's just a good team. And it'll just be what's going to be the key factor in that game, I feel like, is how Chris Paul comes back. If he's kind of lost his mojo over the past few months or if he's going to come back with that same vengeance to show the Rockets the mistake that they made. Um, who do you think, who, who would you have in that one? I like the Jazz, but the Thunder have been underrated this whole season. Totally. Um, so it, it's another tough call, especially since we don't know how the Jazz are going to play without one of their starters. But I, I think the Jazz will win that one. And then, the, yeah, and then game threes against the Lakers. So that's a loss. Yeah, just write that one in already. Just, just write that one on already. And then um, game four is against Memphis. So that'll be a good one. I mean, Memphis has one of the hardest schedules um, closing out. So that's what makes the storyline about Memphis and NOLA with NOLA having such an easy schedule um, so compelling. So I think that the Jazz will hopefully beat Memphis. Um, the Jazz have a better team, but... Memphis has some really talented players, so if you don't bring your A game, then you can lose a game there. Yeah, and then it's San Antonio, which, I mean, the Jazz, I think, have dropped the last two against San Antonio. They've just went in, just their heads weren't in the game, and San Antonio played a much better style of basketball. So at this point, even though I would, I, I'd give the Jazz this win, um. That means we've said they'd win four out of five. I think they're going to win three out of the first five. They're, I think they'll drop one of the games that we said they're going to win. Um, but they're definitely not going to beat the Lakers. That's that's the only positive thing. That's the only thing I'm positive about through the first five games. And then, yeah, like the, the yeah. Spurs are tough. Um, so then. We're, we're we're guessing probably a three and two record going into the final three. They, they might slip up and get a two and three, but let's hope not. Yeah, hopefully not. And then Denver, which I mean, might be an important game, even though Jazz already lost home court adva- um already lost the tie break there. But it's I mean, giving Denver a loss could still be really big, and the Jazz moving up in the standings. So. It really depends on, since Jokic, I mean, he got the coronavirus and I'm sure he'll be ready to play and stuff, but I mean... He's lost a lot of weight is what everyone's talking about. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's a lot skinnier than he was during the season, so people are thinking he might be more mobile coming into this than like before he was more just like standing around on the post or uh, moving people around at the post. So, so he's intentionally... Or standing lost, around at the perimeter, yeah. So he's intentionally lost a lot of weight then. Like, this is a... This isn't yeah. like... Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was a move to get in shape, yeah. I mean, that would turn him in from an electric player to, like, all... Like, even just... That'll be interesting to really see what he can pull off. And so I think... That one's a 50-50 game. Just like game seven against Dallas will be a 50-50 game. Um, I, I, for the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets will win that one against the Jazz. Um, but the Jazz this season have performed really well against Dallas. 
So I think the Jazz will pull it out, but it, I feel like they're really close to equally matched teams, so it could go either way. Yeah. And then the last game is going to be against San Antonio. So that game's not re- I mean, the Jazz might need a win there, but the F- San Antonio losing isn't going to really impact the Jazz. Isn't going to be a positive for the Jazz, I don't think. But I think they can probably pull that game out. So, I mean, I definitely think that the Jazz can go. They could go 6-2. and two. Like, that would not be... That would be very impressive, but it wouldn't be a big surprise. Five and three is what I'm hoping for, but four and four I think is what I'm going to suspect. I think that it's just going to be, I know everyone's going to be rusty, but I think that with that rust, it's just kind of going to end up with a lot of teams going five and three or four and four and nobody really being super dominant down the stretch. Yeah, I think... I don't think they'll do great. I think they'll do good enough to get a spot in the playoffs, probably hold that four or five area middle of the pack. And hopefully they get, uh, like they, they figure it, figure it out enough before the playoffs start so that they can make a second round appearance again. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest here, depending on who has the three seed, I might prefer the jazz to be at six because Looking at, I mean, if you look at the schedule, right, where it's like, okay, so Clippers, Lakers are going to be one and two seed. Don't really see that changing. And then you have really close there. You have Nuggets, Jazz, um, OKC, Rockets. And so if it's the Nuggets or the um, or the Thunder in the three seed, I'd rather be have the Jazz at the, at the six seed than playing the Rockets in the four seed. Because the four five matchup has to go play the has to go play the Lakers. Where the three six has to go play the Clippers. And I I, I mean m- both of those teams are super strong, but I would rather be playing the Clippers in the second round than the Lakers. Yeah I, before the break I wasn't sure who I thought was the favorite in the NBA, but right now I think the Lakers are definitely the favorite. I think Anthony Davis really wants a ring. LeBron really wants to win in LA. And I, I'm i not seeing a ton of fire coming from other teams. Of course, it's like Giannis, he's never really outspoken. Kawhi Leonard's never really that outspoken. And LeBron and Anthony Davis both are. So maybe they're silently putting in the work and getting ready. But yeah, I don't know. The Lakers are a tough team to beat. The, I mean, the two things that I'm going to be watching, just team wise, is the race between no the race for the ninth for the eighth seed in the Western Conference between Nola, Memphis, and um, possibly Portland, and then if the Rockets come out on fire, that is the team that that's the team that I think is the dark horse to win, is the Rockets. As much as I hate to say it, that's who I would give um, a nod to. Just with Russell Westbrook and James Harden both feeling very disrespected, I think that it would be, there's a good possibility that they'll end up coming out, being well-rested, and just light it up. So I'm excited. Um, 
with the 9,000 plus coronavirus cases in Florida on Thursday. I'm hoping that this will still happen, but we'll see. They move it to Utah. <laughs> move it to Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Utah's not in a much better spot. <laughs> I mean, if Utah had the same population of as Florida, they would have had like 1,500 cases yesterday. Or no, like, sorry, like 6,000 cases yesterday. If you extrapolate yeah, percentage that, wise, it's percentage tough. wise. So, yep. Hopefully, all the jazz players can make it to Orlando safely and stay that way. So, were there was there anything else you wanted to hit up in this um, returning episode? No, I think I think I'm excited for it. At first, I was skeptical that the NBA would return on time, but uh, e- even with more Corona cases, it feels like the players are getting more into it. So I'm really hopeful that it returns on time. And with everyone, like I'm hoping that this, this starts died dying down, but you never really know. Like it's in, in the big picture. It's like, this hasn't been that long. So it's tough to know exactly what's going to happen next. So hope everyone stays safe. Hope the NBA can return and that it'll be good basketball and that it'll just be a positive experience for the world that's the hope okay well thank you guys so much for listening we hope you like dale said stay safe and see you next week